Imagine if you went from feeling fine every day to feeling amazing. How would your life be different? Everyone has the ability to feel amazing again and again. You just need the right tools to get there. If you're ready to feel amazing, stick around. Now, here's the host of the I'm Not Fine Show with functional nutrition coach, Lizzie Enns. Hello, everyone. We are back again for another wonderful and amazing show here on the I'm Not Fine Show. I'm your host, Lizzie Enns, and every week, We come on here and we bring you powerful messages, really, really important health information with applicable steps for you guys to take and simple steps for you guys to take and walk away with. That is always my goal, always my mission, because I want you guys to get to that place of feeling empowered and equipped to take care of your health on your own. Of course, I work with clients for that as well, because sometimes you just need that person in your life that will help you, guide you, figure out what is going on with your health so that you can heal and feel better and live a happy, longevity, sustainable lifestyle. That's what we all want, right? Today's episode, however, is a special one. It's going to be a little bit different. If you're new here and you don't know this about me, I grew up in the strictest form of Amish community that you can grow up in. That journey there led me to what I do now today. And it's this continuous, ever evolving journey, which is what it should be like for everybody in life. I have to say, in the last year, it has been quite eye-opening For me, how many people are really, really hungry for the information about the Amish community? How do they do it? What is their lifestyle like? Why do they believe what they believe? What's a day-to-day look like? And how do you go from something that is so incredibly strict and closed off from the outside world to creating the life that I have now. Took me a long time to get where I'm at now, but really, truthfully, I've been out of the Amish community longer than I was in. And when I look back to what I've done in those 19 and a half years since leaving, it's quite astonishing. Like, it's quite, quite phenomenal. So I have to pat myself on the back and I have to recognize the fact that all the work that I have put in And everything that I have done and put in, like it's paying off. But more importantly, this is not just about me. This is about the people that are in my life and the people's lives that I'm here to help change and empower you guys and encourage you guys and get you guys to believe, hey, if she could leave the Amish community, run away and escape at 19 with $20 in her pocket, and create the life that she have ne- has now, I can do anything as well. So what I want to talk to you guys about today is a little bit about my life in the Amish community and share like what that lifestyle was like, what it taught me, and that journey from there to what I'm doing now and why it is so, so, so important 
to listen to your intuition. And I'm going to rephrase this again. I say this over and over on other shows as well. Your intuition is God speaking to you. And I'm going to give you some examples of what that actually feels like and what that looks like. Because I've experienced so many moments in my life where I'm like, what is my intuition telling me? What is my gut telling me? Because your gut and your intuition is your body speaking to you. And when you have that gut feeling and you're like, man, some I don't know why. Like This doesn't make any sense to me right now. And I don't know why I'm feeling this way. But your gut is saying, you need to do A, B, and C. That's actually God telling you what you should do. And he's looking out for you. And he's guiding you and directing you. So let's back it up. Let's go back to my life in the Amish community and what that even looked like. So as I said before, grew up in the strictest form of Amish community. And there are so many different Amish orders. There's Old Order, there's New Order, there's Mennonite, there's Fiji Mennonite, there's Dan Church. There's within the Amish community so many different orders of the Amish community. But where I'm from, it literally is the strictest form. And what I mean by that, we had no electricity no indoor plumbing. So we had outhouses for our, our restrooms and we had to uh, heat up water in a big iron kettle if we wanted to take a bath. Like we didn't have showers in our house. So we couldn't just, just go take a shower. We uh, had to, we took a bath once a week, every Saturday night tradition. Everybody gets a bath. The only time that we got more than that is it, if it was really hot in the summer and we were out working hard in the gardens and in the field and we got like really, really sweaty and dirty, which we always got dirty because we lived on a farm. But that was a little bit different and you get itchy. We would come in at, at late at night and we would take like a, a I call it a, a bucket bath or a bucket shower where you just take like a little two gallon bucket with water and you pour it over you and you give yourself a little bucket shower that we did do in the summer so then we used wood burning stoves to cook our food and heat our homes in the winter there was no air conditioning there was no ceiling fans there was nothing like that if we wanted to cool down in the summer we had to go to the basement where it was nice and dark and cool and that's how we cooled down in 90 degree weather we worked really really hard you know, I lived on an 80 acre farm with my 18 siblings and every morning we would get up and go milk our cows by hand. I actually milked so much, so many cows that like I got carpal tunnel in my hands because <laughs> every morning, every night, that's what we did. And after so much time, eventually my hands were just like, can't do this anymore. So it got really, really painful. You want to know a trick to carpal tunnel? I had it so bad. About a month before I, I actually ran away from the Amish community, I was having carpal tunnel so, so bad. I would wake up at night and not be able to go to sleep because it hurt so bad. I would go downstairs, grab a raw potato, slice it, and I would take a handkerchief, and I would put the potato inside the, the handkerchief, and I would put um, wrap that around my wrists, and then I would go back to bed, and it would literally, I could feel it like pull out the inflammation. So that's your little home remedy trick. We put it on our ears too. 
So it pull it, it would pull out the inflammation. And then I would go back to sleep. So we did that every morning. And then, you know, the rest of the day was, hey, we're either in the summer, we're planting garden gardens, we're harvesting, we um did a lot of sowing and then, you know, typical regular farming stuff as well, like planting the wheat and the hay and all alfalfa and all of that stuff. One of the things that the Amish community taught me was hard work and sometimes to <laughs> to a fault because I have to really, really be careful now because I can be a workaholic. I literally had a friend tell me yesterday, he's like, I could ask you to do anything and you'd be like, yeah, 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 I can do it and I will do it. But he's like, you'll, you will work yourself to the ground where it's like burnout. And I recognize that. So I will take time to like step away, but it's one of those things that's really ingrained in us. Like a lot of people like to hire either, you know, a more modern Amish people or ex-Amish people because they know that we work really hard and we're very dependable. That was, I want to go back to like uh, the order structure and discipline that I talk about. So order structure and discipline is something that's very like, that's like Germanic, like the Germans are just well known for that. And I, I, I've been studying this for a while, but I really thought about, okay, what is it that can make the Amish so successful? Like, what do they do differently? And I was doing this fast early this past year, the, earlier this year. And within that time frame of doing, doing this three-day fast, my mentor asked me, like, what did you learn about your past during this fast? Because when you're fasting, it's spiritual, when you're fasting like that. And it took me two seconds to say, oh, this is what I learned. Because a fast was a representation of what I actually learned in my childhood. And I said it was order, structure, and discipline. You have to have order. And Germans, I have German, like obviously German ancestors. The Amish are also a break off of the Swiss Anabaptists. So there's Swiss in there. But the Germans are very, very well known for their uh, structure and their discipline. And order as well, like very, very orderly. So I thought about those days and I said, you know what it is? I said, it's order, structure and discipline because you have order, right? Order is creating an environment that's not chaotic. Okay. And then the structure around that, because there's, there's, uh, there's a difference between order and then there's a difference between structure. There's, there's variables there, but there's also crossovers, like they cross over as well. But the way that our, our day was structured is there was just order around it. Let me give you an example. Every morning for breakfast, the entire family got together. That was order. The, it was just expected. Every day for lunch, the entire family got together at the table. Every day for dinner, the entire family got together for dinner. There was no like, oh, I'll eat, uh, you know, an hour later or whatever. No, it was literally breakfast, lunch, dinner at this time. That's order. The structure beyond that is after um, that, beyond that, that order of that, there was a structure with it as well. And so it's like, okay, after breakfast, here's what the women go back doing. 
And, you know, they'll go sewing, quilting, cooking, canning, all of those things. And the men go outside and they do the farming outside. And then you come back in for lunch and then the same thing in the afternoon. And so the structure there was what is the expectation? Like, here's what's expected. And then the discipline is showing up every day to do those things, follow through because there's the discipline and follow through have correlations as well. There's differentiations, but there's also um, crossovers. So the discipline is like, are you being disciplined to showing up every day to complete the tasks that need to be done? And then the follow through is I'm doing this over and over and over. Okay. Now that can sound really, really mundane, but the reality is whether it comes to your health, whether it comes to your business, whatever it is, if you want to grow and build something that is strong, has a really strong foundation, and you want to build onto that, you have to have these things in place because these are the things that these are the things that build a foundation. And when you build a strong foundation, ain't no hurricane that's going to come in and wipe that out. Okay, so I want to talk, I'm going to continue to talk a little bit about the differences in the Amish community as well. Like one of the most common questions that I get asked is, what's the difference between Amish and Mennonite? Plain and simple is the Amish ride around in horse and buggy. They don't have any electricity. And the Mennonites are riding around, driving around in cars, and they do have electricity. But with that being said, there's tons of different orders of the Amish and some are much more modern. So old order and new order are much more modern than where I grew up. So they will have indoor plumbing. They won't have electricity, but they do have indoor plumbing. So they'll have their showers and their bathrooms and all that stuff inside. The Mennonite on the end and the old order and new order will have phones on in their corners of their communities. And if you have a business, they're allowed to have a computer or a cell phone. Funny story, I actually have some Amish women, old order and new order Amish women that fight me on social media and they come and they actually work with me in my coaching business as a client. And I ask them, how do you fight me? And they're like, social media. And I'm like, I didn't know you're supposed to be on, you're allowed to be on social media. And they're like, we're not, but we still are. <laughs> so they push a lot of the boundaries. And then the Mennonites, within the Mennonite community, there's also tons of different orders. There's BG Mennonite, there's Mennonites that... Um, wear regular clothing, but they're still considered Mennonite. And then there's Mennonite that wear um, always dresses and different types of dresses. So they all have their own rules. So it's really interesting when you think about it is like they create these little huts <laughs> within their communities and then people decide which orders they want to follow. So that's a dif uh, difference between Amish and Mennonite. And that's very broad, by the way. We have to go to our first break here. I know I'm just getting started, but when we continue here, we come back from this break, I'm going to continue to dive into that journey of me being in the Amish community and what it took to go from that to then finally leaving and what I did beyond that. So don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Lizzie Enns on the I'm Not Fine show. We'll be right back. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good. 
and that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. Tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to lizzie at undietyourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to keep diving into this amazing topic about the Amish community. And before the break, I gave you a little bit of a breakdown of what what the day looked like like what does it even look like we talk about order structure and discipline and the and the differences between the different Amish and Mennonites common questions that people ask me what I want to talk about now I'm going to go into is kind of share with you guys a little bit of my journey of going from living in that to then finally leaving and living the life that I live now so a very common question that I get all the time is, at what point did you know that you were going to leave or that you wanted to leave? This happened really early on in my teenage years, to be honest. I knew in my spirit that I didn't belong there. And I was one of those kids that always caused trouble because I couldn't, I couldn't follow the rules. I always broke the rules and then I would get in trouble and, um, and I would also get in trouble for things that I didn't do because they just assumed it was me. Okay. That's what happens when you're a troublemaker. You sort of become like the black sheep of the family. Have you ever been called the black sheep of the family? Typically the black sheep of the family, when we're called that, it's because we're called to do greater things. We're called to question things. We're called to make a massive difference in the world. And so I started to have that feeling very early on. And I really, really gave my mom a run for her money because I would question her. I'd be like, mom, why can't we cut our hair? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And her answer was always, that's just the way it is. Okay, mom, why is it that music is bad? Like, why would that be bad? Because we weren't allowed to have music. We weren't allowed to uh, have cameras, any of that stuff. And the answer was always, that's just the way it always has been. And it's just the way it is. And their whole belief system is that, Anything that is really, really modern is 
you being part of the world and they don't want to be a part of the world. They also don't want to be part of the government. So when, when we're born, we don't get social security numbers. So I didn't have a social security number when I left. And I'll tell you how I did that. But um, that's their way of saying, like, we're not going to be part of the government and we don't want to rely on the government. Unfortunately, in the last few years, the government has uh, been working on weaseling their way into their their little community. And they're very, very protective with that. So I didn't have a Social Security number. And um, but like I said, I'll go into that a, in a, a little bit later when I tell you the story about how I left. But I just remember like feeling like, okay, we weren't allowed to have public display of affection. We were never told I love you. We were never allowed to give each other hugs or receive hugs from our parents, siblings, anything like that. The only time that you started being able to do that is when you started dating. And and the married people also were not allowed to to, you know, give each other a kiss in in public, hug each other in public. They were not they never said I love you, any of those things. And a lot of the women you know, they get married at like 20, 21, and they start having kids and they have a lot of kids. Like my, my mom had 19 kids. And I just remember having this feeling of, I don't want to stay here and be a baby making machine. Like that's not me. I, I could never picture myself getting married and I could never picture myself having a lot of kids. I couldn't see it. And so because I couldn't see it, I questioned it. I question why it's bad to say I love you. I question why it's bad to give each other a hug. And I was, and that tells me now, like I was craving that. I needed that, but I wasn't receiving it. But then I started to learn more about the rules of the Amish and them talking about, hey, if you put a pin in wrong in your dress, then, you know, you get shunned from the church. I became a member of the church at the age of 18. And actually I was 19. So I was a member of the church for six months before I left then. And I just remember the preachers coming to visit me one time and they're telling me that someone told them that I had like pins in the wrong way in my dress. And they said that if I wouldn't fix it, that I would be shunned from the church for, you know, a week or two, however long they felt like was right. And I thought to myself, if if I'm going to get, because to them, that's like, if you're not listening to their rules and obeying their rules, then you're going to hell. Like, that's just it. That's who God is. But they made up their own rules. And so I, I just remember getting to this place at one point where I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to go to hell for putting a pin in wrong in my dress, then I might as well go to hell driving a car. And in a sense, that's comical, but also really, really sad because it, I have to tell you, like, that, that is an extremely desperate place that I was in. And so getting to that place where you're just like, well, if it's this bad over here, then it can't be any worse over here. And so that started to be like the beginning of me just going like, I, I have to figure out how to leave. And when I became a member of the church, I started to learn more about the the makings of the church and the rules and 
and how they were treating people. And I just couldn't get on board with it. And I remember having this conversation with my mom one time and I asked her, I said, mom, like there was this lady that would come visit us and she loved God and she would talk about Jesus. And she, she, you know, just, she loved her life and she had really, really short hair. And after she left, I asked my mom, I said, so mom, so this lady's going to go to hell just because she loved, she uh, cut her hair really short, but she loves God. And my mom goes, well, that's just the way it is in their eyes. They thought they think or believed that Amish people are the only people that can go to heaven because that's the way that you're supposed to live. And anything that's really modern is bad and that God wouldn't like it. So if you really think about like sort of where they're stuck, they're kind of stuck like right before the, the steam engines came out right around 1860. That's sort of where they're stuck. And they just feel like that's if you're born there, that's where you're supposed to stay because that's where God wants you to be. And anything of the world is bad. I did a video the other day where someone was questioning some of the things that I was sharing on social media about. And I, I responded and I I said, you know, I I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to live in the Amish, be born into the Amish community, and I was supposed to be there at the time. I don't uh, despise the Amish culture. I love my culture. I love the community. Do I agree with everything? No. But here's what I said. I said I was supposed to be there at that time, but I was not meant to be there for the rest of my life. There's a time frame for everything there's a place for everything and so I I don't regret because it has made me who I am today and taught me a lot of things that the world is craving now the world is craving simplicity and self-sufficiency and sustainability and my job is to teach people how that's possible because those are traits that the Amish people have and people want to learn that that doesn't mean that I agree with everything clearly because I'm here. I wouldn't be here talking to you guys about all of this stuff if I would have stayed there. And there was a reason why I had this urge of leaving from a very young age. So when my twin and I, I have a twin sister, when we were 17, we actually ran away for two days. And I thought this was my way out. I thought now I'm finally out and I can go, you know, build the life that I want. And have always dreamed of, and I don't want to be a part of of the Amish community anymore. Two days later, a brother of ours called the house that we were staying at, which was at a cousin's house, and this was back when home phones were still in. She was in a kitchen, and I was in the living room. We both picked up the phone at the same time, but she started talking first. So I didn't I didn't say anything, and I um I just listened to the entire conversation because one of our brothers called. And at the end of that conversation, she, I heard her say to my brother, I can't do this. I can't do this to mom. I can't do this to the family. You have to come pick us up tonight. Every being in my body was devastated. I knew that I did not belong there. And I did not want to go back. To them, when you leave, they mourn you as if you die. Like if I ask my siblings, I have a few siblings that left as well. And if I ask them, hey, what was it like when I left? And they'll say it was like someone died. 
That's how they mourn you. But I just knew. I knew I did not belong there. So because my twin was going back, I said I, I had to go along with it. So we went back. They came and picked us up. We went back. And I can still feel that feeling of every bone in my body screaming like I don't want to go back. But I felt like I did. So this was when we were 17. And the following day after we got back, you know, everybody treated us nice because we're back. And they're like, they want to make sure we don't leave again. I told my twin, I said, listen, I'm not staying here forever. I will leave again. And she goes, yeah, I'm not staying either. And she's still there. I haven't seen her in about 11, 12 years, something like that. And um, she has about 10 kids. I think she has 10 kids. And um, she, you know, she said that she, she wouldn't stay, but she ended up getting married and then having lots of kids. And I ended up leaving two years later. But within that two-year time frame, I became a member of the church. What that means is becoming a member of the church means that you got baptized within the church. So every summer, there's a period of time for a few months leading into the fall that whoever is at that age to start joining the church and become a member of the church, usually around 18, 19, it's expected of you to do that. You Every Sunday at church, you have to follow the preachers to a separate room and they start teaching you about the rules of the church and what you have to you know, abide to and all of those things. And then in the fall, you become, you get baptized and you become a member of the church. And now once you're a member of the church, now, you know, uh, all the back end things of the church and you're supposed to know all the rules that they have. And um, that also means that they have more control over you. So like you can get shunned, which I'm shunned from the church now because I was a church member. So what that means is a member of that church is not allowed to take anything from my hands. They're not allowed to eat with me. They're not allowed to give me anything. So everything has to be like excommunicated. Uh, thankfully, my mom doesn't follow along with all of those rules. She's a very, very amazing person. So that's that part. So from 17 to 19, when I was when I was still there, um, I ended up becoming a member of the church. I had a I got a boyfriend from a different state. And I'm going to leave you a little cliffhanger here because we got to go to our next break here. And when we come back, I'm going to continue to share a little bit more about what actually led me to leave. And then I'm going to fast forward it to how I even got to where I'm at now, because we have limited time today. And <laughs> there's just not enough time to put everything in the entire hour, but I'm going to give you as much as I can. Okay. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Lizzie Ems, your host on the I'm Not Fine Show. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good. And that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. Tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. 
Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to lizzie at undietyourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to dive right in again and go right back to the subject that we were talking about because we have limited time and there just is not enough time to cover everything but I'm going to do my best to cram in as much as I can so that you guys can get out of it as much as possible. So I'm now a member of the church, 19 years old. I became a member of the church in fall. And then six months later is when I ended up leaving. So let's talk about this time, two weeks leading up to me leaving. By this time, I had a boyfriend from New York, and our way of communication was writing letters to each other. We sort of like became pen pals. So I met him when a brother of mine got married in New York. We met, we started dating, and then we became official. But we only saw each other like once or twice a year. Otherwise, we wrote letters to each other. Every other week, I got one from him, and every other week, he got one from me. And we had never, we were both kind of rebels, but we had never talked about leaving the Amish community ever. And you have to be very, very careful. Two weeks leading up to me actually leaving, I was working at my oldest sister's house and something was going on in my spirit where I was just like, something's something massive is about to change. And I didn't know what it was. I knew my spirit was unsettled. I knew I was unsettled. And I knew that I didn't belong there because I could not adhere to the rules. I was pushing the boundaries all the time and I didn't care. But I was very discreet with it too. I was very, very careful because I pushed the boundaries and I did a lot of things behind the scenes. And I did it in a way that, that most of the time prevented me from getting caught. My brother-in-law, I was working at my oldest sister's house and my brother-in-law started to catch on to some of the things that I was doing. And he started like coming at me as if he was my parent. And I was like, you're not my parent and you don't get to parent me. And he literally said to me one day, he goes, why can't you be more like so-and-so, which was a very well-behaved girl with within the church? And I just was like, I cannot believe that you just compared me to that girl but he wanted me to be obedient like this girl she's adhering to all the rules <laughs> you know but I couldn't I uh, my spirit couldn't do it and um so I'm working at my 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 sister's house and uh every night that I would go to bed for about two weeks this would happen every night that I would go to bed 
I, you know what it feels like when you're like falling into that first deep sleep and, uh, sometimes you get woke up and you're just like, oh my gosh, like that felt really, really weird. Well, for two weeks leading up to me leaving every night that I would go to bed, I would be falling into that first deep sleep. And then it would feel like somebody was literally taking the bottom of my bed and shaking it, like waking me back up. And I thought it was God punishing me. I thought he knew like what I was thinking and that I wanted to leave. And I was doing all these things that were not obedient to the church. And it would happen five or six times every single night before I was finally able like to go to sleep. I was scared to death. I realize now that it was, he was not punishing me. He was actually waking me up. And he was trying to get me prepared and ready and be like, you need to go. Like, it's your time to go. But I didn't know how, didn't know where. I had no clue. So get to the day that I actually do leave. It's my turn to deliver a letter to my my boyfriend. So I go and I I um, delivered a letter into the mailbox. When I, but when I open the mailbox, there's a note in there and it has his handwriting on, but no address. And I thought, that is so strange. So I open up that note and and it was it was his note and he said that that him and his sister and her boyfriend drove down with a mutual friend of ours from New York the day before and they left the Amish community. And if I wanted to come, they would come by that night at 10 p.m. and pick me up. And I thought I, I literally like snapped my fingers and uh said I'm leaving. So I fast forward to the rest of the day, I got to figure out, like, how am I going to leave? What is it going to look like? Does anybody know that I'm going to leave? Because you're so freaking scared that someone might be reading your mind and just be like, oh, you're just going to leave. They don't know. So I have all this time. So I wait until nighttime. It's time to go to bed. And everybody else is, like, preparing and, like, goes to go, go to bed. So I go upstairs on the third floor, uh, pretending like I was going to go to bed. But as soon as I got into that room... I wrote a letter to my mom and I said, this has nothing to do with you or anybody here, but I have to go. I wanted her to know that it was not her because I knew she was going to beat herself up and think that she did something wrong. But I wanted her to know that she did not. So I wrote that note, took off my covering. I had $20 in my pocket and I got a flashlight and a couple little souvenirs. And then I climbed out onto the roof. And here is one of the most pivotal moments of my life. And it is also a moment of my life that now has become an inspirational part to other people. And here's why. I sat on that roof for 30 minutes contemplating how I'm going to jump off that roof. While this is happening, I'm thinking about my twin sister that's getting married six months later. If I leave now, I know I'm not going to be at her wedding. I could decide to stay for six more months so that I could be at her wedding because we were really close and then leave after that. But I also knew that if I did that, the whole entire community would find out that my boyfriend left and they'd be watching me like a hawk and they would want to make sure that I don't leave. So I knew if I stayed, I would never leave. This was literally my only chance. And then I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that I'm leaving my entire family behind my entire community and everything that I ever really knew. And I had to detach myself from all of that to be able to leap forward. I'm thinking about jumping off this 15 foot roof. 
and not break a bone and then end up in the local newspaper, you know, looking like the biggest fool ever because I jumped off the roof and I was trying to escape and they would be like, that's what you get. God's punishing you because you're trying to run away. Here is where so many people in life get stuck. Let me paint a picture for you. It doesn't matter whether it's weight loss. It doesn't matter if it's your career. It doesn't matter if it's, hey, I need to actually separate myself from some relationships in my life. This moment right here on that roof is where a lot of people get stuck. Why? Because we're not willing to let go of the things that we need to let go of in order to move forward. We're so attached to our past. You're so attached to your past and the people and the things that are in your past that you can't leap into the future. But the reality is, is in order to leap into the future, you have to let go of the past. You have to let go of your old habits. So my message to you today is please don't get stuck on the roof. Now, you don't have to physically jump off of that roof. But metaphorically, sometimes you have to. You have to take a 15-foot leap and say, I'm going and I am detaching myself from the past. Now, that doesn't mean that you forget everything that the past has taught you, that you don't take some of that with you because I've taken many things from my past, brought them in, brought them with me, but I've elevated them and I've made them better and they've made me who I am and I'm using it as a tool to teach others. Okay. But it doesn't define who I am. You can't allow that to keep you trapped from leaving forward and moving into the future. So when you think about your health, if you want to change your health, you want to become healthier and you want to live longer, you cannot keep the same habits. You cannot be attached to the same things, the same the same people with the same habits, the same habits day in and out. You cannot keep the same things and do the same things if you want different. You can't. So if you are in a place where you're like, okay, I want to be a different person and I want better habits and I want better health. You got to flip a switch and you got to say, I have to change. So in that moment, it was like I was stripping everything of me. And I said, okay, this is going to suck. It is very, very painful. But I believed in the future so much and jumping off that that 15 foot roof was freedom to me, even though. I had no idea what I was going to do and what it was going to look like. I just knew in my spirit that I needed to go. And so sometimes you don't even know what the future looks like. And that's the other thing that paralyzes people. It's like because we cannot see what the future will actually look like, we don't 100% know the path that we're going to take and the steps that we're going to take and what that even looks like. We're trying to figure it out. But the, the beauty in the journey is finding joy and learning in the journey. It's not knowing every step of the way. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know exactly how it's all going to happen. All you need to know is that it's going to happen. You hear me? 
All you need to know is that you believe in yourself and you believe in your mission and you know that it's going to happen, but you don't need to know every single detail because guess what? As I said, the beauty of it is finding the joy in the journey and learning that along the way. And you become the person that you want to become. You don't become the the person from a first grader to an eighth grader like that. And sometimes as adults, that's what we want to do. We want to go from A to Z. But the reality is within the journey, there's levels and there are steps. And if you embrace that and you tune into that and you tune into you, you tune into the journey and you find joy in it, you're learning, you get to learn. You have to be a kid again. In order to learn what you need to learn in the adult life, you have to be a kid. You have to learn. You grab onto your experiences. I teach this to my clients all the time. Say, listen, it's going to feel mundane at some point. You're going to be like, oh, I got to do the same thing over and over. But the reality is, is you're doing the same thing over and over, day in and day out to begin with, whether good or bad with your habits. So what I teach them is become a kid again. Find joy that you get to learn. Find joy in that whole journey. And if you tune into yourself in that aspect, it makes everything so much better. You don't have to have it all figured out. Nobody does. But you do get to learn and you need to learn and apply the things that you do learn if you want a better life. We have to go to our very last break here. Like I said, we don't have enough time, but we're going to make the best of it. And I'm going to still jam in some more stuff in here for you guys. But we do need to go to our last break here. But when we come back, I'm going to continue to talk about this and some of the key things that I did to go from $20 in my pocket, no social security number, no job, And no non-Amish clothes, no modern clothes, nothing like that with me when I left. How did I do that and go to building the life that I have now? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Lizzie Enns on the I'm Not Fine Show. We often get used to just feeling fine instead of reaching to feel excellent or even good. Wellness is about feeling good. And that is a journey of continually coming back to what is nourishing and healing for us. Your body is functional and ever-changing, like a pendulum swinging. We must learn how to move with our bodies. Tuning into I'm Not Fine with functional nutrition coach Lizzie Enns will provide you with simple but effective tools that you can use right away so you can go from feeling just fine to feeling amazing. Listen for I'm Not Fine on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is I'm Not Fine with Lizzie Enns. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Lizzie at UndietYourself.live. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to finish out this show strong here today as we're talking about what you need to do in order to change your life if you want a better life. And what I want to share with you today as we end this show is how did I go from all of that to where I'm at today? I'm going to give you some key things here. 
And I already did. I shared with you, like, if you want change, you got to change your habits. You got to change the way you think. You got to tune into how you're thinking, what your habits are like, and what you need to do in order to change that. But all the while finding joy in that whole journey and process. So always keep that in mind. So what did I do? Right after I left, I finally uh, did jump off that roof, of course, and I left and I ran away. Two days after I left, I got a job as a dishwasher because a, a mutual friend, she was working at a restaurant that was really familiar with the Amish kids leaving and also us not having social security numbers. So she ended up getting me a job there. They didn't even interview me. She just said, hey, this girl like ran away and she needs a job. She doesn't have a social security number. And they hired me as a dishwasher. They knew I was Amish. So they just hired me as a dishwasher because they knew. So two days later, I went to work and I was like, what? This is crazy. I knew nothing about having a job. And so I go to work and then I got connected to this couple named Jake and Anna who were from the same homage as I, w- I was. And um, they have been out for like five years and I got connected to them. Still don't know why they chose me, but they chose me and they said I could come live with them for $50 a month on rent to have a room. But they would help me get my social security number, my driver's license and a car. And once I had all of those things, I would move out on my own. Well, I had all of those things within two months, and then I I went out on my own. One of my older brothers had left a few months before I did, and uh, him and I ended up moving in together. But I, I I had to learn how to like, hey, you have rent due, and you got to pay for your own food. And I, I remember my first paycheck that I got, I got $50, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much money. Well, I, cert- I, I I learned very, very quickly that that's not that much money. <laughs> so didn't go very far. So after that, like moved out and I just continued to work a, f- a few years after that, I went, um, I had an eighth grade education. So a few years after that, I went and got my GED. And while I was in, in school for my GED, I discovered that I was really passionate about science and the physiology of the body. So it took me a few years and eventually I studied, became a personal trainer and then I studied holistic health and then I studied functional health. And it was in that time frame, you know, I worked as a personal trainer, then 2020 hit and I um, got, was like time to start your own business. So that's when I started my own business and it just continued to evolve from there. But here's something that I want to share with you guys. People ask me, like, how do you do it? And I said, I set myself apart. One of the things that I did not do when I left is I did not think about the fact that I I didn't go, oh, I'm going to be out for a year and then go back. No, I was like beeline forward. I only look forward. So I was laser focused. I was laser focused on the fact that I'm not going back. I'm only going forward. So I wasn't attached to that. Was there healing that had to happen? Lots and lots. But the other thing that I did is I started to separate myself from the other ex-Amish people, not because I didn't like them, but I I was able to see and recognize that I can't grow in the way that I wanted to grow if I stayed in that same circle. So I started to intentionally hang out with people that were not from the Amish community because I thought they can teach me things that I did not learn. 
And so intentionally, I aligned myself with people that could teach me completely different things that former Amish people couldn't. And so I put myself in a discomfort, in an uncomfortable environment. And I still do that to this day. I will intentionally put myself in an uncomfortable environment with other people that I know that I can learn from. And it is the only way that I can make myself grow. Because you don't grow in the comfort zone. You don't. So if you're in this place where you're like, I need change in my life. I want change and I need to become a better person. I want my life to look different. And you know you're called to do big things. Well, I want you to remember one thing. It's not going to be comfortable. You're going to have to decide and make that decision and say, okay, I know I'm going to be uncomfortable. And you have to be comfortable with that idea. And once you make that decision and you realize, okay, my decision is I'm going to do this. So there's a difference between saying, okay, I've decided that I want to be healthy. I've decided that I want a better career. And then beyond that decision, you can decide and say that you've decided that that you want that. But beyond that decision, there has to be action behind it. I've known way too many people in my life that said, well, I want to be able to travel the world and see the world and go on vacation and stuff like that. But I told them, I said, that doesn't mean anything if there's not action behind it. I have to see the action behind it. So if there's something that you want and you want that change, you have to decide, one, and then two, you have to take action towards that And then three, you have to follow through with it, okay? So the consistency, follow through and consistency. Decide, jump, action. Jump jump and action are kind of like the same thing, right? Follow through and then consistency. They all flow. And if one's missing, the other one's not going to happen. So you have to be... So in line with those things, or remember order, structure, discipline, you have to be in line with those things and then take that action. So with that being said, we are at the tail end of this show. But what I want to share with you right now before we close out here is that please don't get stuck on the roof. Think about a time in your life that you needed to let go. Think about what you need to let go and let go of that and take that leap forward. I'm Lizzie Ems on the I'm Not Fine Show. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the I'm Not Fine Show. Lizzie Ends returns Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, have the best week of your life by making choices that take you from feeling fine to feeling amazing.